Does he look like a bitch? I'm going to nutsack of a chin right off your face. I am serious. I don't call me show. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Is it too loud? You're peeking a bit. Um, I can. We're gonna get loud. Yeah. That'll be fine. Yeah. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Level Up, the only podcast that hasn't recorded in person until now. <laughs> that was so loud. <laughs> Dave is here. Yeah, uh, can. The eagle has landed. It's all happening. We've been like drunk for like four days. <laughs> um, it's been so fucking hot. It's been boiling. We're literally in here sweating out now. If you can hear a fucking fan, then I'm sorry. We just have to deal with it because <laughs> we're literally just pissing ourselves with sweat right now. Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, I've got a quite a good question for you this week. I spotted this on Twitter the other day. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Okay. So who do you reckon would win in a fight between Remy from Ratatouille and Stuart Little? Oh, my God. Well, no, it would definitely be Remy, wouldn't it? Stuart Little's a little pussy boy in his little fucking tracksuit and trainers. Yeah. He but, can't handle himself. Yeah, but maybe he's got that kit to get through. Well, like, no, more likely he'll probably have the fucking uh, training because he's in a proper middle-class family compared yeah. to Remy who's just pissing around in the street. Yeah, well, everyone said on Twitter that it would obviously be Remy because he's a street rat. Yeah. So I'll be like... Just eat him. Yeah. Oh, that'd be peak for Stuart Little. Do you remember Stuart Little? Do you remember watching it? Yeah, it was one of those films I, I yeah, I had I, on video. I loved Stuart Little. We should do a Stuart Little. Oh, I'm game for that. Also, the, the bit that I love from Stuart Little the most is um, when he's got that lit car. He's got that lit yeah. red car and he's like slamming down the middle of New York. I don't it. know how he like lasted 10 minutes in that. Like, yeah, and the plane. He's had the plane as well. When yeah, the, the plane fucking, makes more sense. That's like a remote control plane. These days, you would have like a, a drone with like some like mad goggles and shit. Yeah, <laughs> looking like a bear wavy. I'd love to see uh, like an evil version of Stuart Little. You know that episode of Rick and Morty where they give that dog the helmet and it can like understand like consciousness and everything. Yeah. They should do that to Stuart Little when he's going around like shooting up New York in the drone. What do you think about a, um, a Stuart Little film set in post-apocalyptic New York? <laughs> <laughs> it meets Pickle Rick. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be amazing. And he's like a super advanced like rat. He's like a long descendant from the street rats. Yeah. And because of like all the nuclear radiation, his intelligence has got like insane. I'd just love to see like a John Rambo style Stuart Little. <laughs> it should just make spin off John shows. Wick slash Rambo slash Stuart Little. But it'd be cool to just make spin off shows like little parody, like 15 minute like film, like you know, like whip throughs with Stuart Little just as the main character. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. I think, I think we're limiting it by being Stuart Little now. I think it should just be. Like a John Wick slash Rambo style film from the perspective of a little CGI rat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking pretty, shit up. It'd be pretty funny. I mean, I'd like to see like 
like films that would be funny with Stuart Little um, replacing the main character. Be like, imagine if Stuart Little played Doctor Alan Grant. <laughs> Just but <laughs> no, I mean there's a there's a comedian called Richard Herring, and he does that, but it's not Stuart Little, it's Shrek. <laughs> so, like, what what films would be improved with Shrek in it? <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> he, he plays. He plays the Godfather. Get off my swamp! <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, imagine. No, I just quite like that idea. Like, imagine like Stuart Little Zorro. Yes. Stuart Little. Oh, yeah, Stuart Stu- Little Zorro will be like Al Nombre. Do you remember that from oh, CBC? Al Nombre! <laughs> <laughs> Writing words in the desert sun. And then he goes like, does the little numbers. Yeah, Iron Stuart Little would be so funny. <laughs> Seeing him power up in that suit would be mad. Yeah. It would look so like, it would look so awesome with the camera was on him. And yeah. then they just zoom it out and it would just be like, it's like a little battery-powered thing, like... Like Ant-Man. Like no noise. Yeah, literally. Yeah, basically, we just explained Ant-Man. <laughs> Tendency to do that. Right, you got a question for me? Yeah. What's uh, the most disgusting scene you've seen in a film? I think, for me, it will definitely be... Have you seen that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen film, The Brothers Grinsby? Yeah. The bit where he's climbing up into the horse's vagina... No, the horse? Elephant's vagina... And they're getting pounded by that elephant dick, and then it like sprays cum all over them, and they're just inside it, like ah, like drowning. And then they're in both. Sasha Baron Cohen, for most of it, gets like fucked up the ass. And then they, there's like that next shot of them both in the bath, like shivering. Yeah, yeah, I that film is like got to be top of the list of most disgusting. I think all Sasha Baron Cohen films, they've yeah. just got a certain element of. Me. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Well, can you imagine him coming up with that? Yeah, right, there's a bit where they're running away and they need to hide up an elephant's vagina, but then the elephant gets fucked and then he gets fucked and they get like spray with cum. <laughs> Jesus is sitting there like, yes, yeah, Sasha, we'll bring it up in the next meeting and <laughs> see what the board of director thinks. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're going to talk about it this episode anyway. I think that was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen from Upgrade. Oh, okay. I think that might have been the most, like, fucked up. It just looked so real. It was so real. When he pulls the knife through his head. Oh, right. Oh, my God, man. Like, slaps his door. That genuinely, like, surprised me. Like, genuinely surprised (laughs) me. I thought it was going to cut his throat. Yeah. And then it just happened so quick. He just rammed it in his mouth and pulled back. And I was yeah. like, I was literally like, straight away, I was like, oh! oh! <laughs> yeah. The whole room but, was like, oh! Was actually, watching Upgrade last night was like watching a fucking wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. People, people were jumping up in the room. There was like seven of us in the room, like all together. And we were all watching it. And there was like shit was happening. And people were like jumping up like, whoa! <laughs> oh my God! Literally. <laughs> Because oh. it probably built it up as well. Like You mm. could feel it coming and then it just like popped off. Yeah, fucking it's mad not, thing. It's not the same kind of fucked up as like what you were talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah, like I just found that like... I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel so weird. Yeah. All right, all right. Should we slap on? Yeah. Right, so... 
just making noise. <laughs> um, so we watched Spy Kids and we watched Upgrade in the last few days. Um, now we've got this episode to basically talk about Spy Kids realistically, but considering that we watched Upgrade as well, I think we're just going to give it like a um, a little a little chat about it and just a little slap, a little slap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Spy Kids. I mean, I remember it. I remember watching it. I remember loving it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we got into the conversation about how those thumb things freaked me out. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of like snowballed from there. We were like, yeah, yeah, we'll watch it because it'll be a vibey film to watch. Yeah. So we put it on, and I mean, I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. It's really good. It's, it's really good. Like, yeah. It's really like, there's obviously, because of, when did it come out again? 2001. So, yeah, we're talking 19 years old. Pretty the, sure it's the first film I ever saw in the cinema. Yeah. The visual effects are... Like, they're decent. They're all right. Yeah. But it, there's, like, obviously, it's 19 years old and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't work out whether it was kind of like... Because they were using that classic spy kind of thing. Yeah, the aesthetic and the yeah, story. Yeah, whether it was just kind of like they were making it look like that. Yeah, like, yeah, taking the piss out of itself a little bit. Cause yeah. like, I mean, you, you, there's so much... Uh, levels to the jokes you literally don't pick up on Not as a kid. It's basically like airplane. It's like an airplane type movie. There's like lots of like visual gags and like one-liners and like silly moments and like they take like all these really stupid plot points so seriously and then that's kind of what makes it funny. Like Antonio Banderas is like, oh no, we need to find the third brain, and then turns to the camera and raises one eyebrow. Yeah, it's like all of that comedy is like so good. Like, but like we were saying, we we were chatting about this before, and we were saying that the main thing that lets it down, is just like the trippy, like, uh, like the whole site, the 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 central plot with the villain and all of that sort of stuff. So like, they got it's like it's literally just like a shroom trip nightmare. Yeah, they've got so they've got Alan Cumming, Alan Cumming as the um, as the the kind of like you you assume that he's the evil bloke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then really you've got this kind of like guy that's. Like evil scientist, yeah. He's like he's like kind of like the right hand man, but you can see that he's guiding Alan and coming to do these kind of like things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like that, just that even plot as a kid, yeah. With the kids show and like changing the spies into the characters, yeah, is so fucked up. Yeah. Like the bit when they rewind so they can oh you can hear what it's saying because they're talking backwards. Yeah. And they're like help save me. Yeah. Save me! It's it just hard. makes you think that like every kids show is like when you're when you're that age. Every other kids show like the Teletubbies, like these people that have been forced into these horrible like shapes. Yeah, I know. And they're like constantly that they're actually like screaming the whole time yeah. when they're chatting their like gobbledygook yeah. stuff. Yeah, that was that was such a horrific idea for a kids film. And you don't know, like I didn't, I didn't register that when I was a kid. Yeah. So I can imagine being like someone else watching it, especially twenty years ago. And like watching their, like watching their kids while they're watching it on video or something, and just being like, "What the fucking hell is this, mate? This is yeah. mental." Yeah, I think they should have just gone for more of like a your traditional like spy plot. Like there's like a in that period it would have been like there's a secret code on a mini disc that's gonna like blow up uh, Mexico, and then they have to track down and find all the clues to stop it. I think that would have made it a lot better because you could have played more off those sort of like spy film gags and like mm, yeah definitely look we came up with a good idea didn't we yeah for the for the thing because it was kind of like 
I can't even remember it now. So much has happened since the day that we watched Spy Kids. Yeah. But it's it's just the villain thing. It was just like too much. But in the same breath, that does set it apart from all the other kids' films of that era. Yeah. All the other like coming of age. Um, like teen, tweeny kind of like films, it does set it apart from that because it gives it that freaky element, mm. which probably I'm assuming. I mean, I lived through it, but I can't remember. There's a lot of films from that era that are very bait, like they, you know, they take that normal course. That like Stormbreaker. Expecting. Stormbreaker, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was just a bit boring. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it when I was yeah. a kid. I loved it, but you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and like you're okay with it, but I guess that was where. Spy well, Kids kind of flipped the switch. Yeah, the director Robert Rodriguez, he makes all these like mad fucking films. So uh, he made From Dusk Till Dawn, yeah. which is the the one where they're fighting vampires in the West, and it's got uh, Quentin Tarantino and uh, yeah. he made them. Um, that was like his first film, and then he also made this other film called Desperado, and that's oh, yeah. like a trilogy, and it's got Antonio, Antonio Banderas as this guy. I haven't actually seen them. I'd be yeah. interested to watch them. Big game. Um, yeah. So yeah, it does, and and the whole um, Machete thing. That guy called Machete, and I love how uh, Roger, Robert Rodriguez like like sort of merges all of his films into like almost like the same universe kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. How Machete is in like everything. Yeah. Like that's a cool little trait. Like yeah. and I love like the the music as well. Yeah. It's so like the good. whole first bit when the mum is telling uh like the story about oh, how her and her their dad met. met. The like kids and then it's all like <laughs> it's got all that cool like Spanish guitar stuff. Mm. Like the only thing that was lacking was uh Rodrigo and Gabriella doing the soundtrack. Yeah. That I mean, been... like, 20 years ago, were they, like, still slamming that? I don't, I don't know if they were about they might, then. They might, have been, they might have been doing something else. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, wanna, I, I would really want to see it come back. I want to... What... It would be interesting. Because, that, as well, like... Well, they did three movies, didn't they? Or four movies? Yeah. And I, I, I vividly remember, as a kid, thinking, like, the other ones were nowhere near as good. Because the second one, I I really remember watching in the cinema because that was when my sister was old enough to go, yeah. and she wanted to leave halfway through. Me, me, my mum, me, my dad, and my sister, we all had to fucking leave halfway through the film. Um, and then, and then they did a the third one was like Spy Kids 3D. Yeah, I remember that one coming out. So we've got Island of Lost Dreams. That's the second one. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. I don't know if I do. Maybe I do. But it does kind of... Obsess me. I have a full uh, child spy section. Um, oh, is this kind of where he, like, mans up? That's kind of the one where the little boy mans up and it's like, yeah. Ah, uh, I, I think, have no memory. I think he kind of, like... I remember a bit where they're like going under the sea. Yeah. Mate, it's th- like they really went in with this franchise, so I kind yeah. of never really thought about it. The 3D one, I really remember that. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh. Yeah, you've got Sylvester Stallone as the bad guy. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't see that one. Oh man, they have some like mad chase on this motorbike. It's got that blue and orange colour scheme as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 you know, to keep with the 3D vibe. And I don't remember anything about the fourth one at all. No. I have no idea. 
Oh, it's not them. That's why. I thought it was. I thought they had a different cast at some point. That one's 4D. See, it seems like it became more of like um, like a fad kind of. It's kind of gimmicky, like, gimmicky kind of. It's kind thing. of like when you go to a theme park and you do those experiences yeah. where you have the cinema in front of you, but the kind of like the seats move and shake and you get water sprayed at you and all this kind of like like stuff that's like mucking up all your senses. I've got it a feeling that like one that. was like almost like a straight to DVD. Uh, slash straight yeah. to theme park thing. I don't. I don't think. I don't remember this. I do like that guy. It's got Ricky Gervais in it as well. <laughs> oh, doesn't he do a voice of a dog in it or something? Looks like it. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe you haven't seen the third one. I kind of want to watch that now. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think I've caught a bit of it when it was on like ITV Two or something. It was kind of like Transformers, but really shit CGI, and they're like all blowing stuff up. So, in essence, do you think, what's your kind of overview of, of Spy Kids as a franchise? To be honest, I would just keep the first one and fuck off the rest of them. I'd like to see it come back with some refreshed things, like, like it'd be quite cool to keep the, the sort of the aesthetic of the technology that they had in the early 2000s, mm. like, really chunky, like, silver, like, because there's so many, we, 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 we said at the start, didn't we, we were like, how, let's count the amount of unnecessary tech in this film. <laughs> like they got this, they're like the mum and dad have got this uh, room and they press a button and their like seats like move around so they can move next to each other. Oh yeah, like and the seats are on like a wire so they can like slide over to one another's desk like yeah. individually. And they got like uh, they both got different desks and the the button they they press like a button and the mum's like uh, makeup mirror is like a screen yeah, and like, their dad's got like a old painting that lifts up and it's got a screen underneath it and the other one that I was like what the fuck was uh, the 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 wind windscreen mirror and it, it had that zoom in function oh, yeah. <laughs> He <laughs> was just looking at the wind in the wing mirror at his son going into school and it like just zoomed in. It was like, what the fuck is that? Imagine having that. Imagine, imagine, imagine you're driving and you forget that you zoomed it in, and then oh. a truck's coming past you on the left, <laughs> and you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much of that shit. I, 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 I quite like to keep that because that was funny, and and also just remember it's like it is just a silly comedy film. Yeah. And keep keep the um, the sort of Latin American aesthetic because yeah. it makes it really stand out, and it gives like representation to those people as well. Yeah, definitely. Like usually spy films are very white, like they're always so white. Or if there is like a Latino person or a black person, they're usually like a villain. Yeah, and especially Latinos, they're always the bad guys in spy films. Yeah, which is shitty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the idea as well that you have this kind of, like, uh, family because the kids, they didn't look... Well, that was the other thing I wanted to say. It's basically live-action Incredibles. Yeah. It's, it was like the it's like the precursor to Incredibles. I don't think you'd be able to... Incredibles would have been as good if Spy Kids hadn't been a thing before. Yeah, because it was that idea of a, a an extraordinary family yeah. that were doing extraordinary things, but they weren't allowed to talk about it. Yeah, I like the dynamic that the kids didn't know as well in the. Yeah, story. yeah, like, that was cool. They seemed I, to breeze over that bit quite a bit, but yeah. it it wasn't necessary that they stretched it out. Yeah, and also for kids of 
days you're watching it. Yeah, they don't give a shit. You didn't tell me you were spies. I'm going to leave home and never come back. Yeah. Well, they just lie, wouldn't they? Yeah. But uh, it would be, it would make you curious. Yeah. With all that like, stuff going on around the house. Like yeah. you come into your mum's room one night crying and she's just like jamming out some like code on the fucking <laughs> like, makeup mirror. You're like, what's going on, mum? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that was that was our level up right there, wasn't it? Pretty much. Pretty we haven't even much, got the music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot that. Yeah. Well, well, I'll talk a bit about my level up then, really, yeah. quickly, because I'd just like to say that if they were gonna do, if they were gonna bring it back, yeah, I would have to see. It would have to be Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Have to be, and I think that they should continue off from the third one, but they kind of left. Mm. I'm not sure what the end of the third one entails. I but, quite like to see the original two kids come back, and they're like the like the parent figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how would it be different with a kid from our generation as opposed to their generation? Yeah, yeah. Because we were a lot more kind of like, is it nonchalant the right word for tech? Didn't have it. Yeah. Really, I don't remember having it about when I was a kid. I remember my mum had like a sick ass video camera. That was about. Uh, and you used it for filming asses. <laughs> a sick ass video camera it sounds like a brand sick ass sick ass video could camera. be like a Japanese company sick ass yeah it would be like S-I-K double A S sick ass I mean the, the brand of your t- of the TV in the lin- living room is like blank plunt plunk the punt blank and a punt <laughs> Blank in a pattern. <laughs> I do have some weird makes. When yeah. you buy stuff, from, when you buy tech from Tesco, it's always like a weird <laughs> yeah. make. Like it's like you buy a radio and it's called like the Nonchal Boofer Dude, and it's like, what make is that? And you're just like, don't know, works. I'm not gonna lie, that TV's a lit. Yeah, it's a have lit. we told the story about the TV? I don't think so. We were really hungover, and we went to Tesco in Ealing Broadway for a meal deal, and um, we saw a TV for 260 quid. 50. 250 quid. It was 50... 50 inch. 50 inch. And Smart we, TV. We just bought it. <laughs> we just bought it. <laughs> we, we, got our, we, got our, we split it between our four fat, fat mates, so it was only like 60 quid each yeah. between us. And we so. had that sweet student loan, and we just... Yeah. I remember carrying it up the road after. Like, over one arm as well. Yeah. You're literally, like, balancing it on your shoulder. Like, everyone was looking at us in the shopping centre, like, whoa! It was like, yeah. when you see two lads getting a new big TV, you're always there, like... Everyone just stops, starts <laughs> clapping, like, woo! We're just walking. ACDC back in black, playing <laughs> in the background. Dave smashing a naked smoothie back with eyes hanging out of his head. I'm just trying to balance this... 50-inch telly. Mate, I remember the first time we played GTA on it and uh, we were oh, driving and I like, held on to the sofa because oh, it was like God. I could actually so, feel myself moving. So we plugged it all in. We had, we had Connor's PS3 that we bought down and we had GTA on it and he completed it. And everyone knows, yeah, I like playing the stories, GTA. It is great. But realistically, you want all the money, you want the sweet house and you want those cars that you can like upgrade yeah. and then you get on that and that is just a vibe that you get on. Yeah, we plugged it in and we'd done everything, so we were just driving around and I was playing it and we were both sat on the sofa and like he was like he like I 
press the accelerator down and you were like, whoa! Like, I was leaning back, like holding onto the sofa, like trying to press the brake. Freaking out. It was fucking mad. Yeah. Mate, I love big TVs. It's yeah. so cool. Have it's you mad because I, I mean, I don't live here anymore, but I still have a stake in that TV, which is what I like. Because it means that I have some claim over what goes on it when I'm here. So he thinks. <laughs> I was like, do you know anything about those curved screen things? Are they? What's the... Why? Well, well, it's kind of like, you know, when you're sat in the corner of the room and the TV's like flat and you're sort of looking at it diagonally. It's kind of like to combat that. So it, so it's not as wonky or as stretched. It, it just kind of like means you can like see it more from like different angles and also it's meant to be pretty vibey if you like sit dead in the middle because it's kind of like more yeah, around yeah, you well, that's what i was thinking like if it was that that was the case surely like a, a, a personal one with you kind of like sit in a pod mm. you know what i mean they never really took off though did they curve screens oh mate people to, people have them you but have to it's put not a mortgage on your fucking house to buy yeah. one is the problem like i'm sure more people get on it but... there's only one film watch on a curved screen and I can't remember what the film's called but it's this um, old western from the 60s and what they did was they filmed it on on three cameras strapped together in a line and then what they and then they got all the film and like cut it together and stuck it all together in the cinema so it's kind of like a thing because like you know westerns have those mad shots of like the landscape Mm. trying to get the like the widest like aspect ratio possible mm. apparently when they played it in the cinema they had to have it on special screens that had it on a slight curve and there was like three projectors from like different angles like merging it all together Fuck. and uh, I'd, and they've they've remastered it and got rid of like because you could just about see like the stitch lines and a slight discoloration um but they've remastered it and everything i caught it on like itv one day i was like this is mad and that's the I reckon that'll be insane to watch on a curved screen. Yeah, you need to find out what that's called. Yeah. Definitely. So, should we talk about Upgrade? Yes. Yeah. So, we watched film last night. I've been nagging about this since I've got here. For the last five days, I've been like, can we watch Upgrade tonight? Can we watch Upgrade tonight? Because <laughs> I've wanted to watch it with, like, Aiden and Connor for, like, since I watched it. And, <laughs> and it, it, yeah. So, we finally got to watch it last night. We had a few mates over. It was, like, a good vibe going... And it fucked everyone up, but in, a, in the best way possible. I mean, it's just it's just mental. I mean, I, um, I've i talked about Upload on the podcast before. Uh, 2019 Amazon Prime series. Yeah. It's same criteria. Mm. Same criteria, different outcome. Yeah. It's um, So, go on, do you want to explain it? Cause you're... What, Upgrade? Yeah. You... I haven't seen the one you were saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. Upload. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, upgrade is kind of like is a is a similar kind of vibe to like a Black Mirror episode, sort of setting us uh, like twenty f- years in the future, there thereabouts. Um, everything there's all this sort of like just cool tech about, but they do it in such a way where it's not it's not centre stage. They've just got like these cool cars and mad houses in the background, so they really establish this quite believable world. And you're introduced to this, the main character who looks so much like Tom Hardy and should have been Venom. It's ridiculous (laughs) how much he looks like Tom Hardy. Um, And he's a fucking insane actor. Like, he holds the film together so much, makes everything feel so believable and so, like, textured and, like, like it would be... Like how 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 you would realistically expect it to feel? His acting is genuinely incredible. So like the main gist of it is basically, 
in like, he, he don't want to destroy. He has plot. a traumatic thing that happens in his life, which leads to him becoming paraplegic, par- par- paralyzed. And he he was he was before that he was a car mechanic, and he worked in this mad car for this high end like computer scientist nutter guy. Um, and and then so yeah, when he's paralyzed, the computer nutter guy like gives him this this little uh, thing called um, stem stem. And it's like a little uh, computer chip that gets implanted in his uh, the top of his spine, and basically sends all of his brain uh, commands through the through the, through the stem, and then he can like walk again, basically, and move around, and do all of these things. But there are moments where where like stem can talk to him, and it's almost like in in Venom, where Venom's like, "Do you want me to take over for a bit and yeah. and, and and fight these guys for you?" Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, he, like he can he can tell Stan to have control of his body, and then he's his it's literally just his head, like that's like how does he even act? I don't it, know. Man? This is what I was thinking. Like, this is what I was talking about. His, his acting is so fucked up. Because it's like it's like his head. He's in control of his head, but then his arms are being moved for him. But yeah. the actor does it so believably, like because he almost moves like a robot. Yeah, well, he moves exactly like a robot, but he keeps. Even when he's sitting down and he's, even when he's sitting down and he's talking to someone per se, like when he was talking to his mum, mm. right? His body is rigid, yeah. exactly rigid, and the pain on his face yeah. is unbelievable. And there's obviously moments where he's realizing that he can fight and he's not thinking about it, and he's kind of reacting like, like uh, as he's beating someone up, he's kind of being like, Woo! Like, like, yeah, or, oh or, if it's, or if it's like, really grim, like he's looking away, he's yeah. looking away, but then his hands are like doing all the work and shit. Um, yeah, like, uh, the, I think what adds to it as well is there's those constant sounds of when he's like moving in a certain way, it's like, yeah, like that, and that really makes it feel like you can hear, yeah, hear it in his head. And right, so the tracking on the cameras as well, yeah, the okay, prices. so the, so the camera with the when in when. They have these moments where you really want to be on his level with what's going on, so it feels like you're in his shoes of like all this stitch, all your body moving in this way, and you're not in control of it. So they came it's up like this really static movement. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. And they came up this um, like such an incredible way of realizing that on the on the screen. So I watched this behind the scenes thing about it on YouTube, and they had like a iPhone uh, hidden inside his clothing on like in his chest um and that was sending a bluetooth signal uh, uh, uh to a camera rig that was linked up to like a gyroscope on the camera so on the on the phone so every like movement say he was going to lean to the left the camera would perfectly move with him so it's like the background is moving so there's these moments where there's like fight scenes and he's like whipping out the way of punches and stuff and the camera's like whipping with him and it's it's like so cool because there's other methods of doing that. You could have easily have done it in post, like tracked uh, like the movement, and then uh, but that would have led to a really blurry camera. Mm. So I think yeah, it was just such an original method, and like it just shows that the because it was an independent film, like they had that really strong vision, and they weren't getting fucked around by the studio, and they could just come up with. Like these cool, like like solutions on the fly with their own like cool like knowledge. The death and the gore was definitely so good as well. Yeah, like it the it looked so realistic. Every death looked so realistic. 
to the point where it was kind of like, oh, like, mm. is this? I mean, I was like, it looked real. Like it looked, it looked genuinely real. There was nothing about it that I could have picked out. I mean, it's over quite quick. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't like you know, it's not lasting. Linger. Yeah, it's just like done and then it's kind of over. But the way that I don't know how they did that cut that I was talking about earlier, yeah. it's genuinely sickening. But yeah. it's also like awesome as well. Yeah, you're thinking you're just like thinking about all the stuff that's going through like this main guy's head. I don't know why he wasn't Venom. Yeah, I don't, like, it was the perfect casting for, for Venom. For any Marvel like super fans out there, go and watch Upgrade and what's tell his us, name? We need to get his name. Tell us that we're wrong, <clears throat> if you think so, because it's like the perfect. It is almost like he is Venom. You could literally like replace a few plot points. Yeah. Well, you the, came up he, with that little idea about, yeah. about him playing Venom. Well, yeah, because it's like the stem talks to him in exactly the same way Venom talks to him. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. It's a similar sort of thing. It's like a, an add-on to your body that can take control and protect you, but it's also like it's it, you're entwined together. So it's kind of like they, they can play on the whole like relationship yeah. kind of stereotypes and but stuff. You came up with the idea. I'll just say he's called Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. That's his. That's the actor's name. Big up. Logan Marshall Green. Big up. Big up. Um, yeah, no, I want you to say the thing of that idea that you had for the for the Venom film with him in, where he kind of, like, gets given the symbiote by... Yeah, yeah, so I, I just kind of made it up last yeah, night. Yeah, I was like, it'd be cool if um, the, uh, Riz Ahmed's character, who had access to all of the symbiotes in the little tubes, if he created a situation where... Um, uh, uh, Eddie Brock's girlfriend dies, um, and, and then maybe even Eddie Brock gets really badly harmed, mm. and uh, and he has to like kowtow to Riz Ahmed because Riz Ahmed could like restore his body with the symbiote. Yeah. Uh, but he also kind of got, got his own game plan going on because he wants to see if he can merge it with a person. Yeah. Um, and then that's how Eddie Brock and Venom become introduced. And then it could turn out that it was Riz Ahmed's character that set up the accident the whole way through. And then that's when you have the whole, the two symbiotes fighting each other and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And you also have a cool idea for the sun. Oh, yeah. Well, because in, uh, currently in the D- Donny Cates co- um, uh, comics, like with Venom and Carnage and that, they've got this whole storyline going on where um, Venom... Uh, has this little boy around him, but the little boy thinks that um, Venom is his brother, but it, 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 but he's, he is his son. He's just not told him. So yeah, it'd be cool if like then later on, like if it was a film franchise or a series or whatever, then you introduce like the son and all of yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. I just like that. There's that bit in the in the Donny Cates comics. I've not read them yet. I've bought them all now. I forced him. I finally got him to get Absolute Carnage. I got the I got the omnibus book because I didn't want to collect those single issues because yeah it's just effort money yeah <laughs> money and effort but and um, I've also lent in my uh, my my volume my volume three of the Venom uh, comics it's got like six, issues sixteen to twenty in there and it's sort of like intercuts with Absolute Carnage as well yeah but you, there's this cool thing going on at the moment where you've got Eddie Brock's son being the only well yeah there's this it was right at the end that. right at the end so um there's an issue the last issue of this is like the 
uh, the one after the last issue of Absolute Carnage. And it's got this, uh, this, this scientist called the Maker, who's like an alternative universe, Mr. Fantastic. And he's got this scheme going on and stuff. But he basically uh, comes out of this idea that the symbiotes only spawn when they think they're in danger. So when, uh, when Venom spawned Carnage, that was when Thanos was coming out with the, the Infinity Gauntlet and everything and uh toxin as well like there's all the they they link together all these different um plot points, plot points. and they they reckon that uh eddie brock slash venom's son is like the first human symbiote hybrid because when eddie brock was making love to his wife um he was still merged with venom and uh it like the like like getting her pregnant they don't like they the, the this the maker reckons it wasn't Eddie Brock that got her pregnant. It was Venom, like with Eddie Eddie Brock's DNA. Yeah. So yeah, and he's like this mad kid who's got like these sort of almost um, telekinesis powers. He can like be like if he's got like a like a load of rage and he forces his hands out, he can like blow shit up. Mm. Um, his eyes like go black. There was this uh, other symbiote called the Sleeper. Uh, who tried to merge with him, but then it went all weird, and he like came back out and was like, "Who? What are you? I've mm. never, I've never seen anything like you." Yeah, I mean, I guess while we're here, we should. I mean, we've we've talked about Donny Case all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Like every couple of episodes, he always comes up. But the writing is so good; it's so intricate, and we kind of like we're kind of like in a place where we feel like Donny Case could potentially take over and be kind of like Marvel's new front man for story yeah. and for and for topic and for like where it's going to go next. I think yeah, like I like I say I think it'll be a few years, but he's definitely, definitely coming through hard and fast at the moment. He's got several things going on. He's got the whole Venom thing going on. He's got Silver Surfer Black. He's currently uh there's um, a new Thor, load of Thor's coming out. So He's, yeah, he's got he's, he's, he's gone, got ghost like, he's got, in space. Yeah, like the 20, 2019, 2020s, he's basically releasing like a whole new era of comics with all these different characters yeah. and setting up all these stories and they're all leading up to this huge story that he's got planned called King Black, which is like the creator of the symbiotes and everything. And I feel like everything is going to like come together like because Silver Surfer Black is all about um, Canal as well. Because uh. well, the reason he goes, he, he's getting all this sort of black goo on him, is because Canal's like fired out like this this ting, and uh, he has this big fight with Canal. Um, and th- this was meant to be like centuries ago, like before anything existed. Mm. So um, so yeah, he's got Silver Surfer involved, but then he's also releasing this new Thor comic, and I'd be really surprised if doesn't pop up in that at some yeah. point um but yeah it just see it feels like he's gearing up for like a big like like end game like style to other new marvel writers i don't i don't I'm not no one, one no I'm one not, else I don't, I don't since want, like the 80s has really come to this level bang. exactly like yeah. they, don't, they, they haven't like shut up there like i'm not like dissing anyone at yeah because that's not my vibe but <laughs> not my vibe we literally grill people on this podcast <laughs> but it's like so. I've been. I, I got Spider-Man Noir. I read the first issue. I ordered the second issue, pre-ordered it because I was pretty into the first one, and I really loved that kind of like 1930s 
vibe. Mm. It's just exciting. Like yeah. um, I just like that mobster kind of like story, and I was really enjoying it. And I got this second issue the other day. And bearing in mind, I know like comics have been like, it's been hard for them to kind of like produce and get them out on time just because of the coronavirus and everything like that. Um, but I've released it like it's like four months after, mm. and I've read through it, and it's each cell in the comic is jumping to different scenes in different places, different backgrounds. The speech is fairly basic. I notice spelling mistakes and double words in it. Like, it just feels like it's been rushed through, and it feels yeah. like it feels like kind of since since Stan Lee has like kind of like left us. There's like this void of the heart of Marvel, especially mm. in the comic books. I'm not talking about the movies. It's like it's like it's like it's been turned into a business, and it's not what he. That's not what he was about. He was all about that heart. Mm. Like he was the heart of Marvel studios and we need someone else like that that actually cares about the stuff that has been churned out because if you just keep churning out shit like if you're obviously we've got all the films and all the series at the moment and eventually kids are going to start growing up and they're going to start reverting back to the books and back Mm. to the comics and then if they're reverting back to that and it's all shit or it's all it's all not as finely polished as you know the movies or even like older 80s 70s 80s 90s comics like it's not going to be it's not going to be able to like withstand it and i just think donny cates is the man that's probably going to change that because he's so passionate about what he's writing about he genuinely like loves like he's a fan just as much as but he writes like little messages in the comics like stan lee used to and like little bits about himself like in the in the first thor 2021 he's got this whole like last page it's this big letter to the fans saying like uh like thor was always the guy that got me lit as a kid like yeah uh, like working as a comic book writer takes away quite a lot of the fantasy but um it like thor was the one that has always stuck with me and sort of got me excited yeah and like it's those it's those little things he does and then like on twitter as well like he's always asked answering questions and he just seems like the right kind of fit, really, and is is writing stuff that feels like it it's it's honouring the complete history of uh, of the characters. Yeah. He's always got these cool little reference points exactly, of yeah. like old old issues that has existed that he would have read when he was a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then, but then he's like adding something new to it and continuing the story for a uh, a twenty twenty audience. Mm. It's it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Look, I love it's that. like and I, I I I'll be brutally honest. When before I started reading his stuff, I really wasn't a fan of modern day comics. I hated the artwork. I was such a big fan of like the classic sixties like pop art stuff, and I refused to read anything that mm. didn't look like that. Yeah. But um, like since reading his stuff, I've kind of really grown to like it and appreciate it and understand why it's not like that anymore. Because that the stuff that he's writing wouldn't work with that style. It would because it's too clean and like friendly. His stuff is like got all this grit and like darkness to it. Yeah, I mean the artist as well is all the same. Yeah, uh, Ryan um, Stegman. Yeah, Ryan Stegman. He's the best for me. He's what I. He's probably yeah my yeah. go-to. Ryan Stegman. <laughs> you draw a scary, scary character. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. She'll like the level. Well, we forgot the level up track. So. Yeah. But we talked about Spy Kids. Yeah. Talked um, about Upgrade. Talked about Upgrade. Um, sort of like, 
<laughs> just say, is there any news this week? But me and you have literally been like, fuck. We have like, been off the grid. <laughs> like we've been off the grid for the last, like since like Wednesday. So yeah, I was meant to be going back home today, but yeah. now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay a bit longer, I think. Just check the vibe, you know. Yeah, weather's nice. Not got anything to go back for either. No, not particularly now. Nah. Yeah, so we're gonna vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any news this week that we don't know about? Uh, there is a new dirty dancing movie in the works. <laughs> um, God. Uh, the movie will be overseen by Jonathan Lev- Levine and produced by Julian Borer, Warm from Warm Bodies. Have you seen that Warm Bodies? No. The zombie film with Nicholas Holt in. No, I haven't. Vibe it. It's pretty good. Oh, the main thing I saw actually was uh, Suicide Squad game is confirmed by Rocksteady Studios. Oh yeah. I think that'll technically be more fun than any Marvel game. Yeah, technically, but it depends if they're going to go in like Batman style. Yeah. Because if they don't, oh, John Wick Five has been um, greenlit. And John Wick Chapter 4 and Chapter 5 will be shot back to back. Mate, Keanu Reeves loves doing that. Mate, he's slamming at the moment. Like, he's in. There was a film of his, uh, Point Break. We've got time to watch that. Yeah, it's vibey. I've seen that. I've seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's lit. Very good. Obviously, we've got Bill and Ted coming. I talked about that. Yeah. Captain Marvel 2. Still waiting for that. <laughs> Nia da Costa will direct. I'm not going to be out for ages. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really missing the old uh, cinema. Yeah, but also Marvel films. Yeah. <laughs> we got so we were so lucky. We got so many last year. But I don't know. Maybe it is a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing to because have I, a break. The thing is with Disney, they do have a habit of just like churning. It's like it's like when your mum like cooks you the same dinner because you yeah. she she she's she like, oh oh like but, you, but you like it. It's like yeah, but not every night. <laughs> like it's the same. Like I think Disney have a sp- spaghetti bolognese that is absolutely peng. Yeah, and she drops it on your table on Monday, and you're like, oh yes, 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 smashing cheese and pepper over it. Munching it back. Tuesday, you get it. You come home from school. What's on the table? Spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll do a little spaghetti bolognese again tonight. Wednesday, come back. Spaghetti bolognese again. I'm fucked off. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucked off. It's like the it's like the boyfriend that always gets the girlfriend Ferrero Rocher for yeah. every occasion. <laughs> Frere Rocher, bunch of flowers, and a teddy. <laughs> and a nice card from the from the uh, motorway services. Yeah. <laughs> um, just had to do Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's that's literally what the MCU was doing last year, I think. A little yeah, bit. A little bit. Uh, and I think, yeah, potentially giving them a break is quite a good thing. Uh, but now I'm like, can I have Black Widow now? Yeah, I want <laughs> I want some of the stuff that's due to be released on Disney Plus. I want to see David Harbour. Right. As Red Star. Actually, just quickly before we go, Disney Plus are doing this thing now where they're releasing movies and you have to pay 25, 30 quid to yeah, rent Yeah, they're it. releasing Mulan on Disney Plus but you have to pay £40 to watch it. What the fuck? Well, that is just 
I mean, if that was the plan all along, then I'm I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah. Because I like Disney Plus, and I am I'm still enjoying it. I'm still watching bits and bobs, but they've not done anything new now. Yeah. Everyone's been stuck inside. Everyone's been in lockdown. Obviously, all the streaming sites are going to be absolutely milked. They own so much. They own so much that you need to put some more stuff out. That people are paying for this, you know. Like I'm paying. Like yeah, it's only seven pound a month, but I'm still paying for it, mm. and. It's now been six months and we've seen and, and we've not really had anything new. We've had Artemis Fowl, which I thought was good, but still we've only had Artemis Fowl. The thing is, it's so obvious that like they're scared that they're they're going to lose all their money on it. That's yeah. why they're charging so much. But for me, it would make more sense to uh, to charge like a cinema ticket price. Yeah, maybe maybe double, maybe yeah. like fifteen quid or something, and you get to keep it on there. Yeah. And well, it shouldn't be a rent. Yeah. You should like. You should buy it. Like the thing is, they're gonna make a loss on it. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make their estimated amount that they wanted to make on it. And if they've made, if they've, if they've thought forty quid is what we'll make them pay, because that was the amount that we need estimated to make our money back, is a shit thing to do. Because well, they've got how about loads this, of money. How about this? They they charge you uh, the price of what like the blu-ray or dvd would cost then you get sent the memory stick with it on and then that's how you watch it because then at least if you're paying for it and then it gets uh and then you have it on disney plus and then later later on in the game it gets put on disney plus anyway it's like what's the point in paying it for it in the first place yeah well I'm at least s- if you if you if you get a physical object in return for that price at least it feels like you've got something to keep so Sky, Sky Box Office did a thing for a while where you could buy a movie, off, a new release movie off of Sky Box yeah. Office. You could download, download that film straight into your Sky Box and watch it then. Yeah. But you'd also, you could pay like three extra quid and get a physical copy yeah. sent to your house for your DVD collection. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a good idea. Like DVDs, I love DVDs, but like I can see why potentially that wouldn't work. But if you're, if you're paying £40 and you're getting... The film going on to your Disney Plus account, yeah, mm. and then you're getting also a physical copy of that film. Yeah. If you really wanted to see Mulan, it's feasible. Yeah, like, yeah. I would do that. But, like, I'm not even that excited about Mulan. They've I am. Trying... I think it looks fucking lit. It looks amazing. But, but I, been... I wouldn't pay 40 quid to watch it. It looks amazing, but it's it, it's, it's, an, it's another live-action Disney Mm. That I would happily go and watch in the cinema for five quid. It's Definitely. not. Uh, it's not. It's not. I'm not gonna like. We're not gonna like stake out in a friends group and like put five quid in each so we can rent Mulan. Like it's not gonna happen. It's a kind of like, do you want to go watch Mulan in the cinema? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got loads of cool fighting in it, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, and you get on it that vibe. But I just think that I think they're scared. Obviously, they're scared. I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I, think I don't think. It, it, I think it all depends on how much this uh, film industry can't have cinemas open for. I don't yeah. think this was the plan. No, I just no, think of they're trying to. They're skitsing they're out. They're trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. But, but it's definitely a bit of a misstep. Definitely. Well, I think that's all we got time for today. Yeah, man. This room is so hot. Yeah. Um. It's, it's it's this is mad as well. Yeah. Like the fact that we're um, sitting like a foot away from each other. There's no delay. It's, it's gonna be so much easier to edit this, man. 
<laughs> Dave has edited in total 16 hours. Yeah, we'll have to like sync all our separate audio up and like cut out all the bits where we talk over each other and export that yeah. and then export, uh, import the other that and uh, cut out all the delays. Oh, do man. you know what I think we should do one day just for a laugh is like once things start getting back to normal, we should book a re- recording studio that would be in pretty Central cool. and just go in for a laugh and yeah. do, a, do, a, do a cast there. Because I'd have all that equipment. You could like bash out a couple. Yeah. Well, we've done um, we've we've done a little photo shoot for all our listeners today. Um, yeah. It's very basic. We've got a basic setup here at Level Up. I mean, you're probably listening to this a few uh, like a few days after this has been recorded now. Oh well. Because I haven't you haven't even edited the previous episode yet. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. We're sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's good to be. It's good to be together. It's funny doing yeah. a podcast when you've been sixteen weeks of doing a podcast over talking to yourself yeah. over the internet, and then like seeing you right in front of me, getting your <laughs> chat on. I'm just like, yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. I guess. Uh, I guess that'll be that. What are we gonna do next time? Good question. What me saying sex in the city or is that we're gonna get the drunk get drunk oh yeah potentially a drunk episode we'll have a chat about it we're well, not decided yet matrix yeah yeah I'll be up for watching the second one what? I haven't seen the second one yeah well I want to watch the second one and the third one okay because well, you can watch the second one. I've watched the second what about, one recently. What about this? We do like a Keanu Reeves episode. We do Keanu. And we could watch John Wick we as well. Because that's on Amazon Prime, the first one. We could, Yes, all right. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Keanu Reeves Day. Happy Keanu Reeves Day. Happy Keanu Day, everybody. Yeah. Nice. Just end up being here for another week. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well. It's time, yeah. it's time for us to go. We're going to say... Bye! Bye.